Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Chloe Maviel joins us in this, our first December episode, for a two-hour conversational romp discussing the San Francisco Fan Expo, the beard of Pat Broderick and the non-charms of Loot Crate, Friend of the Family, Avenue 5, and Slumberland, the huge vertigo drop on DCUI Ultra, buying and reading stats from Jeff in 2022, Spotify wrapped, and much, much more. We welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. Jeff Luster! Graham McMillan, hello! I mean, close enough. Oh! Oh, oh. oh I'm sorry. Graham, I, I'll get it right sometime, you know, I mean... We've got a, we've got a few more tries yet, Jeff. Yeah, we do! We do! I just, I actually love the idea that I, um, whenever I call anyone on Skype, like, whoever it is, I'm just like, Graham McMillan! You know, even though it's, like, my family. I think you should. I think that's what you should do. Like, when this this podcast ends, you should just start doing that. Like, work people who will have no idea who I am. <laughs> exactly. Be like, who? So, yeah, and you're like, mm, sure? Yeah, that's how we start calls, right? Yeah, that's Maybe. my understanding. It's like, uh, you know, the, the Siri command. Mm. Oh. Like... Oh. Graham McMillan, that just opens up Skype. Dude, I could probably program that. Oh, that's a shortcut I gotta look into. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a programming project. Happy December. Yes, right? Here we are. December fifth. Uh all of us are all of us are still here, right, Chloe? You're here? Wait, December fifth? Isn't it is it is it different? It's the third. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, sorry, I did you not. You are not allowed to make this Monday. You <laughs> are not fucking allowed to do You know that. what it is? I did not roll my calendar forward a month. Jeez, look at me. Yeah, December 3rd, which is hilarious because I would know that because it's, it's my mother's birthday. And I texted her and wished <laughs> her a happy birthday this morning. So I knew it was the third at the start of the day, but I apparently got very unclear on the concept. It's a really long day is what you're saying. Oh my God. Well, I mean, that's somewhat true. This week was just a tornado. So. This week was weird. I don't know if, about you, but like I had a lot of work, like a lot more work than I expected to have this week. Hmm. Um, and, and that made it feel like a really long week for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the other the other one here was in recovery from a, a convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, Sorry, do uh, we uh, get to do we get to hear about that? Is <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think you had a weird convention because you kept saying it was really quiet and like artists were having a. Oh yeah, no, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I had never, I had never. Um, <clears throat> I'm always used to doing read pop shows or Comic Con International. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only conventions I've ever worked. And the repop shows, we should say, are like New York, the Emerald shows, City. Emerald City, C2E2, like, um, and then, of course, Comic-Con International is San Diego Comic-Con. Right. Um, and I've never done a fan expo, so I'm really excited. And honestly, I have a whole fucking roster of fan expos that I'm going to be doing across the country next year, kind of as a... Um, 
It's an experiment. I kind of as an experiment, like mm-hmm. to to see what these um like what fan a what fan expo has to offer that Reed Pop doesn't, which I'm particularly excited about. But also like what's the atmosphere like? What's the big difference? Um, this all came from someone told you that like from the creators' point of view, fan expo is preferred yeah, people, to other conventions. Apparently, a lot of creators really like doing fan expos, particularly artists, and. So like I'm really excited. like I'm just taking 2023 to basically travel once a month to a different state's fan expo. Oh wow. Yeah, it's going to be really really fucking fun and super cool. And like I'm kind of You say that but like I'm going to check in with you midway through the year and you're going to be like I'm tired. Or or maybe <laughs> I am in my prime and I am going to maybe I am in my fucking prime and I am going to have a joyous time. It's true. This, all the face place. of optimism versus the face of old over here yeah. where I'm like no you're going to be like five conventions did me in. <laughs> but the um no FedEx was uh the San Francisco one was really weird. Um, it's a nice enough convention center. It's really small. <laughs> uh, the what is it? The, the Moscone. Moscone. Moscone Center West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was surprisingly small for the convention centers that I'm used to being in. Well, again, you're used um, to like the Javits, which has just been like you know extended considerably. Like Jeff, I don't know if you've been to the Javits Center ever. Uh- uh, yes, yeah, I went to New York Comic Con back in oh gosh, uh, it's so long ago. But the Javits Center well, was in the process of being well, redone. Yeah, so so yeah. the short version is, it's now twice the size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And like you know, the San Diego Convention Center is massive. Right. Like C two E two, I can't even remember. I think that's just Chicago Convention Center yeah. is also just like mammoth. Right. These are big, big places. And Muscadi is smaller. It's true. Yeah. Um, but there were, I mean, a number of like, obviously really, really groovy artists and, uh, like creators that were there. And it was there a was... mix of like old school and new school. Yeah, like like yeah. Carl Potts was there. Carl Potts was there. <laughs> Pat Broderick was there. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which was extremely cool. Pat Broderick, whose beard is truly something to behold. Like, <laughs> You're saying um, it's Jeff. Yeah, no, that could be okay, like com- far compare, com- rivals, far rivals, Jeffs. Oh, oh what a night. Um, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> um, and- what, for people who don't know this, Jeff has quite an impressive beard. It is. It's pretty, Um, it is very, uh, I'm trying to think of, it's lots of adjectives. It's. <laughs> you can pretty much pick one, Chloe. I'm fascinated it, to hear what it's going to be. It's worth pointing out that Jeff was supposed to send me the photograph of himself with the Judge Dredd cutouts for The Last Drug and didn't. And I think it's because you're hiding the beard from the world. <laughs> so, Jeff, don't be a coward. Put it in the show notes I'm for this episode. Just how big the beard has gotten. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put it, I'll send it to you for, I mean, the final drug. I, we've got that. We've got a, original art to show off. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just saying. People are going to see the beard. Anyway, Pat Broderick's beard is, is similar. It is 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 apparently more voluminous, huh? Well, it, uh, voluminous very, was not the word. It's very, it's very long. Yeah, I was very surprised. There, there were those guys. There was Trina Robbins. Um, but like you also like you talked to Yannick Piquet, right? Yannick and you talked to Mitch Garads. So yeah. you're talking like today's artists as well. Yeah. No, it was um and yeah, uh, Mitch Garads was there. Uh, uh, Tom King was there. Frank Cho was there. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, so it was, it, was, it was an interesting mix of creators. Yeah, Ben Templesmith was there. It was it was a good it was a good mix of um, it was a good mix of people. It was really interesting from like a creator perspective, but man, it was it was all over the fucking place in terms of exhibitors because mm-hmm. um, it was basically like the the perimeter of the of the convention center was all of these like was all of the guest artists. Mm-hmm. And the center of the whole thing was, um, you know, the the big box uh, vendors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same Spider-Man print that you see at every convention and everybody buys 10,000 copies of it because why not? Um, and like very, very small local artists, a couple, a handful of them. Um, but otherwise, there was there were people selling like sports massage guns. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Okay. And like loot boxes. There was one loot box place because there's fucking loot box thing. I cannot, I, at every convention and every single time I get irrationally angry at the idea of loot boxes. You hate loot boxes a lot. I'm like, why the fuck would I pay you 50 goddamn dollars to not know what I am getting? But you didn't know Jeff has subscribed to loot boxes in America. Uh, Jeff, explain yeah. explain yourself. Dude, I, what can I say? Like, you know, you're 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 sort of it's sort of like the tell me, what is the appeal of this rent a girlfriend you keep using? Like I'm like, yeah, you pay someone like, to give yeah, you presents, yeah. Chloe. I'm sorry I'm a lonely yeah. old man. It's that, you know that's the thing you went to? That's the first thing that you went to. That's rent a first, girlfriend. That's the first thing that you went to. That's the example. I love that, like you went there, I suppose, like to build a friend from Omak or something. No, he could have skewed it in a comic direction. I suppose I could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know what yeah, to tell okay. you. I sort of feel like I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that people's intense loneliness anchors you. Uh, you know, some of us have to. Buy a service to give us presents. Angers. Ang- ang- angers. Anger. Okay. She didn't sound anchored <laughs> by it. I like angers. <laughs> I would be unmoored if it were not for other people's loneliness. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, that probably does sound like something. Anyway, yes, I had loot crates back in the day. Gave up on them. Wasn't really happy with the arrangement. But, I, I was going to say, did, did you like them? Because I am with Chloe in this. Like, I don't understand the concept of paying so much money. Mm-hmm. Have no idea what you're going to get. And let's be honest, probably getting a bunch of stuff that you don't want. Well, I, as I recall, um, so I don't recall that it was being, it was that expensive, although maybe it was. I feel like it was a little more reasonable because, again, it was, I don't know, eight, ten years ago. It, was, it feels I know, like a like There was also a period in your life where you were making good money and you also had really low rent. Well, yeah, although it this helped. may not have I'm been during was, that was, period i mean we had low rent and i was doing okay but yeah yeah no i was spending money i, I just on remember there was things. a point where where you i was like jeff how do you have so much disposable income and you're like rent control yeah 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 <laughs> no it's totally true and there, i was, remember when you moved into like when you bought the place and you moved in and you're just like where's all my money gone <laughs> exactly. and i'm like home ownership jeff <laughs> yeah it's true you had a much more extended history as is home 
Yeah. Um, and I... uh, and and now you rent, and now I own the home. So. <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> exactly. <both> sobbing. <laughs> exactly for different reasons, but yeah, totally, totally. Anyway, so yeah, the loot crate thing. I so I did like it because part of it was. I was getting the Marvel loot crate until it, I think it just, well, actually I had some, I had a regular loot crate for like maybe six months and then I switched to like the Marvel loot crate and ran that into the ground or vice versa. And then, um, uh, it, yeah, so the Marvel one, a little more germane to my interests as it were, because they would usually do one or two little snazzy um you know, retro style buttons. I still love some of those damn buttons. Uh, and, you know, iron on patches that were usually cool. And then there'd be some sort of comic that was something that I would never have picked up otherwise. And then, you know, then Funko, I think, bought it out or something. And then suddenly it was just Funko Pop on top of Funko Pop on top of Funko Pop. And that was that was when I started desperately looking for an exit. Yeah, but that, that, there's only so many large-headed babies you can have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You would like so one would think, but I'm sure Chloe saw some pretty staggering Funko Pop uh, Funko, uh, sales Funko. tables. Funko is like a, a mainstay of the repop shows for real. Yeah, and you know, was... there's no, I didn't see any. What? I wonder I mean, if it's a deal. I wonder actually... if they have a deal with Repop. Well, probably. <clears throat> I mean, I think they do actually. Don't yeah. you work for Repop? Yeah, but not the live events part Jesus. of them. Um. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Why don't you know all the inner workings of your company? Well, you know. <laughs> What's the point of working for some place if you don't know everything? Yeah, <laughs> right. A really snarky comment, but I don't know who from Repop listens to this podcast. Oh shit. Um, oh, so, no. But uh, I would like to continue freelancing for yeah, first, so I, watch what you're saying. I am good writer. Please pay. And <laughs> um, no, I think like if there were some Funko Pops, I'm sure that there was. Um, I'm sure that there were some at like random tables that maybe I just you know completely jaded to. <laughs> but otherwise, no. Like there wasn't. There certainly wasn't a Funko presence. Mm. That makes sense. What's really funny is like everything you've told me about the, the layout of the place really reminds me of the, the Brazilian Comic Con that I was at like three years ago, mm-hmm. the CCXP, which Jeff, I don't know if you remember at the time, like I just came back wowed by. Yes. Um, in part because the layout seems to be similar to this. It was the inverse, right? Because the layout of that was basically the, it was a series of basically circles or squares. Um, and like it was the, the closer you got to the center, the more you got to comics, hmm. right? So you'd have, you know, the food carts cause they had food carts inside, which honestly still seems like a great idea to me. Um, they had food carts and they had, then they had like the TV people, then they had retailers, then they had publishers and then they had creators right in the center of the show. That sounds very cool. Right. And it, but it, it, it like literally made it seem like comics were the heart of the show, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like it kind of like what you're talking about with with Fun Expo, like it sort of creates a space of like, well, this space is where all the artists go. Yeah, well, this yeah. space is where all the. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's there's well, a sort of defined space for everyone. Well, what's funny too is again there were a lot of like um, either big big name in the contemporary creators, or there were like the the iconic sort of legendary creators. Yeah. Let me tell you, people were not um, 
people were not into the idea of they were into the idea of meeting their legendary creator uh icons mm-hmm. the idea of spending any kind of money to support them uh in <laughs> Cause, and, and you know, it's all of these, it's all of these artists who, it's all of these artists who they've, they've been doing this for 25, 35, 45 if, if years. If you're talking Pat Broderick, he was doing Micronauts like 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Cause there's people like, um, yeah, I mean, Trina was selling her book. Pat Broderick was, was selling some, was selling some art. I'm trying to think of, uh, who the fuck else was selling like, prints and and sketches i mean bisley was doing was doing um like taking commissions and stuff and people were like all of these people were not um like they would basically ask how much for Mm -hmm. this and when they would say you know three four hundred dollars which is what you can charge when you're a fucking legacy creator right like for your skills and time, then people would go, Oh, I guess I'll come back later. And then you would never see that person again. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sad, but also like, I, I do wonder if, if for creators of, you know, for Pat Broderick, for example, like is his audience at this point so niche that there's a really small number of people who will pay that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, realistically, I mean, Pat Project hasn't really done regular work in like 30 years in the mainstream books. You know, I can't I mean, think of anything yeah. he's done since like the mid 90s. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I find it sad because, again, Pat Roderick is was never my favorite artist, but like he also. No, he's wo- still fucking good, but I but mean, also like he worked... Steve Leoloa was there too. You see, that's, that's the stuff that makes me sad because, like, like, you and, oh, I, fuck. You and <laughs> I have talked a lot about like yeah. our shared love of Leoloa. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the idea that people aren't aren't just in general, but like bowing down to him is is crazy making. Yeah. You know, but but at the same time, like, you know, you're saying people are asking how much things are. And like if Layla was offering a print for like a hundred dollars, I'd one hundred percent get it. Oh, I know. But if it was four hundred, I would be like, ah, maybe not. No, but I'm not talking about a print. I'm not talking about a signed print. I'm talking about Steve Leoloa doing a like, head sketch. and shoulders original sketch for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I'm no, not, no, no, not, no. I, 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 I every, like there were a bunch of people selling prints, right? Yes. And it's different when you're charging like twenty or thirty bucks for a print, and then you can even sign it. Even and honestly, again, with like with legacy creators, like these iconic, legendary creators. Yeah, fuck yeah. Charge for a signature. Yes. Charge five, ten bucks for a signature, especially when you have people bringing you stacks of mm-hmm. comics to mm-hmm. sign and shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's it's just kind of sad when, you know, you sell your prints, sell your signatures, but when, when people are, are saying, like, coming and specifically asking, how much can I commission? Like, what can I get for a commission of, you know... Whoever. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah, and like I want to do that, and they're like, "Oh, I'm really excited to do that for you." Like a a shoulders and and but like a bust yeah. commission is three hundred and fifty dollars, and it'll take me like an hour. And they have examples on their table of what that kind of commission will look like, and it is shockingly beautiful, and it's signed, and it's on good paper, and it's like, 
it's one of these these things that'll last and is specifically tailored to you. And people look at that coming to these shows, knowing full fucking well who's going to be there and say, nah, you're charging too much. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off and eat shit. Are you kidding me? Like, that just make it just makes me mad. It makes me really, really mad. Please tune in for Fuck Off and Eat Shit, closing <laughs> podcast starting in January. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Let me tell you. Pay them the money, you rat fucks. Like, what is what, what, this? What's funny is, like, I was saying that, and now I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, if Pratt Broderick's there at New Orleans, I, like, you've got to get, like, I know exactly what I'd want. What would you want? I would want a bust of Acro Year from uh, Micronauts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for real. Yep. Yep. That'd I'm be... a nerd. Hi, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Welcome to our episode. I'm a nerd. Um, so, well, so my understanding, and I, I could be sort of mistaken, but this was the kind of the first San Francisco fan expo. It certainly seems like, you know, San Francisco doesn't have a great track record for being a convention city, you know? Uh, or rather, a comic convention city. The part of the problem is there's all kinds of other conventions all the time in San Francisco, yeah. which is part of the reason why there was a comic book convention the the weekend after Thanksgiving, because... Uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving, Jeff. Well, sorry, yes. The day after Thanksgiving, which is which even is, worse. Which is just crazy, right? Yeah. But, I mean, you were you were telling me that... The creators there were, were talking about it being slow. Oh yeah, no, the show in general was pretty was really slow. But again, that was, it was it was Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and preview night was on Black Friday. From oh god, preview night was from six o'clock in the evening to nine o'clock at night, which is certainly a fucking choice on Black Friday. Yeah, for sure. That that is the preview night um, timing for San Diego. They might just That's, have lifted it from that. Maybe, but every other thing is uh, in every other city. Preview nights are like three to seven, or yeah, which, or something yeah. like that. So yeah. I don't know why they pushed it back. It might have been because they thought everyone was going to be at the sales. <laughs> um, no, but Jeff. Okay, so like I've lived in San Francisco. You you've lived in San Francisco. You're still in the you know in the locality roughly. Right. Um, why isn't San Francisco a good town for comic conventions? Like, there used to be WonderCon years yeah. now, like, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Well, and... I, and, and it used to be there. Yeah. So, but but even more to the point, WonderCon, only in its last few years, was a San Francisco show. It was it was actually an Oakland show before that. Yeah, yeah. So, the Bay... So, and this is part of the weird thing, is... San Francisco is the quote-unquote jewel of the Bay Area, but most of the legacy shows that that happen in the Bay Area happened elsewhere, whether that's like WonderCon being over in Oakland for so many years and only coming in after San Diego bought it for a few years in San Francisco before they yoinked it and pulled it down to, what, Petaluma, I guess? Anaheim, is it? Oh, Anaheim, right. And um, uh, there's shows like HippieCon. The Alternative Press Expo was was always down in San Jose, which was kind of an it's odd not, choice. It, it was in San Francisco for at least a couple of years. 
yeah, there were two or three years where, again, I think, sorry, you're right. Um, it got purchased, I think it also got purchased by San Diego Comic-Con. Yep, yep. And yep, then Comic-Con. was moved to San Francisco for, I mean, like four or five years. But it's been a long time, yeah, since there's been a show in San Francisco. And so it wouldn't surprise me in a way if people were just like, I, it's not even on our radar. And, and so... I think the big the big problems tend to be that San Francisco is it's 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 a super expensive hotel town and so the the conventions that take up so much room and money and everything are usually people who can afford to pay like multiple hundreds of dollars a night for their cheesy ass hotels. Most people who come into town for, you know, a dentist convention, you know, they're going to stay in the hotels and ring up the bills. And those are the people that are always going to get the preferences. The San Francisco comic conventions, because it's harder for them to book, um, you know, basically get guests in hotel rooms because they're not doing anything like, san diego level numbers the the there's enough people who are like yeah i'll drive into the show for the con but i'm not going to check into a hotel and stay you know and i think there's also a lot of stuff where it's like when WonderCon was at its best it was in oakland it was on a hotel that was right near bart so people could bart to it but it was also a little bit out of the way that you know maybe people would be like ah, eh, what the heck I'll stay in Oakland, you know, and it and it yeah. wasn't super expensive. So San Francisco is very much a case of it is not it's it's just not affordably friendly enough, I think, for comic shows. And again, the idea that the Fan Expo guys were only able to get Black Friday and, you know, the days after Thanksgiving, and I think they might be locked into that for multiple years. Um, you know, I think sometimes it takes a long time to build up enough of a, you know, mental mind share that people start marking off the calendar and showing up for the, mm-hmm. the dates, you know? Also, like, Thanksgiving weekend's a tough one, right? Ooh, it's so I bad. last year was when, it was Thanksgiving weekend, was when Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, did their special edition show. Oh, right. Because they didn't have a summer show, and then they had one in the fall. It's basically like a tryout. Can you know? Can we do it again? Um, and I remember at the time, you know, basically everyone, because I was I was still you know quasi associated with THR at the time, and having a conversation with with Aaron and folk over at THR, being like, "Are you covering it?" And basically everyone was like, "It's Thanksgiving weekend. Like the the Hollywood studios aren't going to be there, so why is anyone going to be there?" Right. Right. Because people want to be with their families. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's just like if, if Fan Expo San Francisco is logged into those dates. Yeah, maybe. Is it just going to be like this quiet show every year? And then ironically, is being the quiet show going to draw more people, more creators to it? Because they're like, oh, it's a, it's a chill show. <laughs> you know, like it'll be interesting to see what it's like two years from now. Yeah, no, exactly. I'll be curious. That's I hope that it can build an audience, but this year was definitely going to be... It was going to be tough, though. Yeah, I would have been shocked if it had been anything other than quiet and weird, unfortunately. So, 
I mean, you're off to New Orleans. You're off to the Fan Expo. New Orleans in January. In January. And that one's been around for a while. They've done that show before. Yeah. Right? So it'll be really interesting. As far as I know. It'll be really interesting to compare. Yeah. Like San Francisco, which was the first one they've done in San Francisco. Yeah. To one they've done a few years and has had a chance to like. And also it's not holiday weekend. Well, what I'm curious about too is uh, like uh, depending on the city too, like what's. What's the difference in the nerd culture, right? Because that's gonna be a fascinating. Like by the end of the year, you'll be like, I've traveled the states. I know that's kind of what I'm what I'm looking forward to. Ultimately, doing like a a grand sort of report on is like because you know San Francisco has a very dedicated comics community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Does kind it still. Of, I was I was wondering about well, that. Well, historically, yes. San Francisco is a is a comics city. Um, similarly to how Portland is meant to be a comic city, but honestly, if you go to a lot of the, there's a get like I'm doing Portland fan expo in, in, like Febu- months, in, yeah. Feb- in February. And I'm really curious to see how that differs from like Rose city comic con. I'm really curious to see how fan expo uh, um, is going to differ from Rose city, but I want to see how it differs from Rose city. And I want to see if like, cause the, but there are also like I don't know what the nerd scene is like in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I do, however, know what the nerd scene is like for like GalaxyCon, which I'm doing in May, mm-hmm. which is in Richmond, Virginia, which has a massive nerd community. Uh, which you've done, which Galaxy I've done, Con which I've before. done before, and I've done AwesomeCon in DC too, yeah, which yeah. I also want to go to because yeah. like, um, and DC has a pretty has a pretty dedicated like nerd spot too. But there are a bunch of cities. Like random, you know, conventions that happen, like random fan expos that happen in like Columbus, Ohio. I'm like, what kind of nerd scene is there in Columbus, Ohio? Like how far are people willing to travel Mm -hmm. to this one particular city in honestly what for most people is considered a flyover state? But as you said, because it is, maybe people are willing to travel really far. I know, that's kind of what I'm excited about. You Chicago was the one show you didn't do with me this year, right? And Chicago was the show that had the most, I don't want to say civic pride, but the most local identity. Right? San Diego Comic-Con, it takes over San Diego. Yes. Right? And Jeff, even more so than it was the last time you were there. Like, San Diego Comic-Con takes over the entire city now. It's right? amazing to imagine it doing it more than even and, when I was there. But what, yeah. What's funny is... Um, I almost feel like San Diego goes away and the city becomes Comic-Con. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, Seattle, Emerald City, it's like there's a convention happening and there's Seattle and they're never the potential meet. Okay. Chicago felt very much like it was a show about Chicago. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get that. It felt like it was a show that was that like it was a convention that was like, hey, you're a show in Chicago. That's kind of fun, <laughs> This though. is a Chicago Comic-Con. You know, like for real. That's because Midwesterners are fucked. But but <laughs> but for real, like you know, creators would call out the city in the panels, and it was the one show where like it would get like cheers or yells. <laughs> no, like for real, it really would. Um, and it's it's the it's this city where um oh god I forgot his name the guy who created Radiant Black Kyle Higgins, um it's the city where he lives right and Radiant Black is set in Chicago. Um, and he he did like three or four panels. I think just because he was local, but he did three or four panels and he would talk about like, you know, I'm going to reference specific places in the city, like yeah. in my stories and it would get whoops, you That's know, great. so cool 
But it is really cool, though. That's, That's really what I'm fun. saying. Like, there's something about being like, oh, I'm actually in a sense of place. I, there's a sense of place here. Which is really funny, because I feel like um, for how much there are, like, very much, there there's very much a sense of um, uh, New York in, like, a lot of Marvel comics. You don't really get... Uh, New York Comic Con doesn't really feel really New York. No, the most you... New York it was this year was that people were dicks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel particularly New York this year. <laughs> you know? Part of it is I think that I think this is true of San Diego as well. I think shows can get so big that they just become like hermetically sealed. Yeah, I guess so. You know, they just like take over everything and the show is the show and that's well, it. Yeah, I mean, as I recall, the Javits Center is all but like like being bussed out to like a bomb test drop site or something. It's just kind of like I don't think I don't think it's that but people have always said that to me though and I've always thought it's not as in the middle of nowhere as everyone thinks. Which place? The Javits Center. Oh. oh I think the Javits Center's fine. Yeah. I think it might be like a thing for people who know New York better than I do. Because I remember you and I remember Adam Nave both telling me before I went for the first time. Mm-hmm. More like like, oh shit, no the Javits in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing close to the Javits. Mm-hmm. And and I genuinely don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think you're like a like a five minute walk or ten minute walk from like the, the Madison Square Gardens, right? And I remember that particularly because it used to be that the Javits like outsourced all of its big panels to to Madison Square Gardens, mm-hmm. and I would have to run between the two buildings. Wow. Now there is a now there is an escalator that goes all the way the fuck up to heaven. It's like it's like the um. It, it, uh, it's, it's an estimate that looks like it goes up like four floors. Yeah, at once. it's the um, it's the Sylvester and and Tweety Bird thing. <laughs> it's the Sylvester Sylvester, Tweety yeah, it's escalator. The, it's the Sylvester escalator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just goes all the way up. No, it's the it's the. No, I got no. That's correct. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're second guessing. You're losing your references. <laughs> Sylvester escalator sounds like it's a disco thing. It really does. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, that's good. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to write that song in my head all night. Sylvester Escalator. It feels like they go together as well. It feels like it should be a song. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, I'm disappointed you didn't start singing. I, you know. I think Sylvester Escalator is something you normally start singing to. It is totally true. It is totally true. I, honestly, for me, I think I got distracted. To me, Sylvester Escalator sounded like a disco artist. You know what I mean? With like super high platform heels and stuff like that, you know? Oh my God. And it could be the, the like the, the clear platform here that have like a little escalator inside them. Exactly. Exactly. That move up and down. Our and like, you and I are on the same page. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, that was part of why I tried to stay silent. And also, I mean, you know, we get the way of genius vibes over there. So. Um, okay, what well, why not uh please confirm this for me? I know like a simple Google will do this for me well, as well, no, but I, I'm leaving it for the thing. Like Sylvester did you make me feel mighty real, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, then, um, then, then we're all good. <laughs> I feel like Sylvester Escalator is wow, we're still on this. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Sylvester Escalator is um is is right up there with uh the Scottish specific uh, tongue oh. twisters. Oh no. Okay, so we've done this on the show before, haven't we? Have we? No. So, uh, Jeff and whatnot. There are certain things that you can <laughs> that you can get 
uh, people from the west coast of Scotland to say that is particularly difficult for them specifically. And one of them is... Uh, purple burglar alarm, which I really have to think through. Purple, burgle, purple burglar alarm, which is my favorite one. The other one purple is... The, the, the other one is Irish wristwatch. Okay, Jeff, you try that one. Irish wristwatch? Irish wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Now do the purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. I just have to really think about each word. Yeah. Burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar no. alarm. Oh, it's falling Pur- apart. <laughs> Sounds like you're eating pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a terrifying glimpse into what this house is like, Jeff. Yes. Yes, I, I have learned. Um... He was here. He saw it. <laughs> he saw it in person. Yeah. Well, I mean, apart from the dog dick escapades, things were relatively low key. I would say. I I feel like there was there was not a lot of trapping Graham and tongue twisters. Apart was... from the dog dick. Did you talk about how the dog's dick exploded? I'm yeah, pretty... yeah, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was that that was like the opening fifteen minutes. I had to apologize for in the show notes. Like, sorry, there's so much dog dick in the first fifteen minutes of this. So you'll be happy to know he's fine still. He's wandering around and everything's okay. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Sorry, right. there's so much dog dick. <laughs> <laughs> totally. To be fair, I think both of us were feeling that on the night itself, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly found myself saying that. You may have said it to me, in fact, as we both scrolled through our phones searching on why won't dog penis go away. Yeah. <laughs> can can <laughs> dog penis actually fall out of body? <laughs> Exactly. Forever in our Google search history. Balls too. Balls too. Sequel to Balls. (laughs) Not nearly as suspenseful as Balls, but it had some moments. Had some moments. Oh, Oh. shit. Short version. um, Fan Expo San Francisco was a weird show. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, that circle says back around, too. Moving back around. Nice. Hey, Jeff, 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 uh, Jeff and Whatnots, um, you will be well aware by this point that every time Clay comes on the show, we end up recommending a television show that is entirely out of the, the uh, realm of what, of wait, what? And, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to talk about the thing that you and I have been watching, like, avidly for the last three days. Oh, Jeff, boy. Peacock. Oh, God. I'm sorry, what is that? You have Peacock, the streaming service? Oh, not, not currently. Okay, so on Peacock, you get an advert, no matter what you're watching, get an advert for a show called Friend of the Family, okay? And the advert caught her attention way before the show did, because the advert does this incredibly wonderful thing. It's got quotes from from press, like, up on the screen. As you do. Right? And it's like, you know, suspenseful drama, like, thrilling, I couldn't take my eyes off it, like, all these things. And one of them, and I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it's more or less like... It's so passive-aggressive because it's like, this show does what Dahmer wishes it fucking did. Yeah, fuck (laughs) Netflix is basically the quote. (laughs) Every time it comes up, Clay and I are both like, that's ballsy to put that in your ad. Like, that's your your pull quote, right? It's genuinely ballsy to go, yeah, fuck Netflix. Um, And so earlier this week, after returning from San Francisco, Chloe was like, I'm going to watch Dahmer. I made yeah, it like 20 I, minutes through the episode. Before I was like, oh, this is Evan Peters being Evan Peters, and I'm horrifically bored. 
And also, like, this is just badly done, and it's it's not... It's not I'm, good. I, I'm not one of those people that's really, really obsessed with the whole, like, serial killer craze and, and all that stuff. But I do like... Uh, I do like... Uh, ter- I, I do like watching terrible people be terrible. Um, so, so the short version is, after giving up on, on Dahmer, uh, we decided, why not watch the show that was passive-aggressive about Dahmer? <laughs> and let me tell you, I don't think I've ever been as actually creeped out by something and yet compelled to keep watching as I have been by this fucking television show. Wow. It is a based on a true story show. Oh my god, it's called A Friend of the Family. I I said what it's called. Oh, you did. Um, It's a based on a true story thing about uh, basically a gaslighting pedophile. Yeah. But... The twists and turns are such that you genuinely think that it's it's written by people who are, like, high. And, like, high in the sense of, like, remember 24? And how 24 just got, like, rapidly more over the top with every episode? Right. It's like that sort of twist. But this shit actually happened. Like, it's all stuff that actually happened to this family and this, this, like, young girl. And also, Jake Lacey... Um, who has been in like a he, lot he of? He was in White Lotus season one. He was in White Lotus season one. He was on The Office, the last season of The Office. He was on. Um, he was in uh, Obvious Child. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, and he he just plays creepy so well, um, which I feel really bad saying because I actually like saw him in New York in the press room and was like, oh, he looks like a very very nice looking normal bloke, but. No. Yeah, no, he, he plays creepy. So, well, so I'm not exaggerating when I say that Chloe had to keep checking in with me if I was okay while we watched the show, especially the first couple of episodes. Oh my god, because wow. it's just like it's so like the brand of gaslighting used by this monstrous person. Where again, you have to kind of—it's one of these shows where you have to remind yourself, like, oh wait a minute, this isn't some fucked up piece of fiction that somebody wrote. This happened to somebody. Mm. And it's it's so evil and just continually gets more evil. Um, that that I like I I'm not joking. I genuinely was like upset watching it, and yet compelled to keep watching more or less because I wanted to see that he didn't get away with it. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like I got that involved. I was like, no, something terrible just has to happen to him. Something terrible has to happen to him, please. <laughs> like, something terrible. Um, if you have a peacock and be like, it's it's like nine episodes of like 45 minutes each or something. Yeah. And also like a, a obviously they do not show uh, anything graphic or triggering in particular, but if you are somebody that is not comfortable with uh, that particular gaslighting scenario, maybe don't take this recommendation. Um, <laughs> but it like, it, it's, it was like, I, I keep saying compelling, but it was like, it was utterly, we, we kept going back to it. We kept being like, okay, we have to see how this ends up in a way that like, I can't write, I can't remember anything being that like, you know, immediate obsession. Like after the first episode, we were like, oh, I guess we're just going to keep watching this. Oh yeah. No, it turned into us sitting there going like, do you want to watch that fucked up show? (laughs) Like, I'm not joking. We would, we would say things like, uh, you know, Gavin's gone to bed. So should we just keep watching the creepy pedophile show? Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know. That's a normal thing that people say. Yeah, all the time. 
on on uh, on the flip side, uh, my other recent television obsession, Avenue Five, finished this week. And did you see it, Jeff? Uh, oh wait, what do you mean? It that wasn't was that the last episode that of was, the this this week's just passed this last episode of the season, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, okay, that's interesting. I'll let Edie know because actually I really thought the ending was quite clever, but it it also has a enough of a cliffhanger that I assumed that it was there might be another episode out of it because I was kind of like. How can they top that? No, we interestingly enough, we um, f- for whatever reason, I think because the weekend was so nightmarish, we didn't see it on Monday night, and literally Thursday night, I was like, "Oh my God, we have to watch Avenue Five before I talk to Graham and Chloe because I'm worried <laughs> they'll just spoil it for me." So we don't spoil. Also, I'm not going to spoil it here because Chloe still hasn't seen it because I watched it when Chloe was still in. in no, um, you can. In you Sarasota. can. You can talk about it. You're like fine. Um, <laughs> but like it's. It continues to be the funniest show about how ultimately terrible everyone is. Oh my god, yeah. I don't think anything for me topped the previous episode where where they were being graded based on how likable they were. Oh yeah, that was so good. That which, was so good. Which was the funniest thing. Yeah. Okay, no, I have to interject for one second to tell Jeff about the uh, awful joke that I made where when we gave, when we decided we were committing to watching a friend of the family and I gave up on Dahmer. Uh, we got two episodes. It took two, two full hour-long episodes of this show before we made the joke from Avenue 5 that we were so caught up with the pet- <laughs> that we forgot about Campbell. It's perfect. Oh, my God. I love that punchline and the fact that you made it applicable <laughs> to your TV viewing habits. That is genius. It's all I have, Jeff. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, my God. Yeah, that and, of course, that episode of Avenue 5. Yeah, no, Avenue 5 was really – both seasons have been year. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the two TV recommendations I'll make, apart from, like, now we're just watching holiday shit because it's December. Oh, yeah, right, right. I forget, were you – we were on air when you were like, ugh, Slumberland, ugh. Or were, was that just when we no, were? No, that was, that was we were not. We were not on air. That was mm. you and me talking last week when we weren't recording. Right. Um, what not to? What not may or may not know this. Um, there's a Netflix movie called Slumberland, starring Jason Momoa, everyone's favorite beard. Um, and what you may not know because it's not mentioned at all in any of the promotion is it's a Little Nemo in Slumberland film. Yeah. But it's a Little Nemo in Slumberland film made by people. Who may have um, may have once seen a book called Little Nemo in Slumberland in a bookstore and haven't read it. Totally, like it is so removed from the source material as to be like almost entirely unrelated. Uh, to the point where the plot of it is there is the daughter of a lighthouse keeper whose nickname is Nemo. And her dad disappears in a storm and is presumed dead. But it turns out he has a map to buried treasure that Jason Momoa's character shows up and it wants back. Because he used to be the partner of the perhaps dead dad. And so they go into slumberland to get the treasure. What? You know, like like Windsor Mackay always said, Little Nemo in Slumberland was about. Yeah, no kidding. You know, like so shockingly removed and it draws imagery 
from from the the McKay cartoons, mm-hmm. but but that's it. It's it's so amazingly removed. Um, it's really generic. It's a impressively generic film. Uh, I, and what I was telling you last week was the ten year old watched it. And the ten year old was super into it. But also was like, after half an hour, was like, I'm done. Like, we'll come back to it later. And in the week since, has shown literally zero interest in going back to it. So I think it's one of those things where, like, the spectacle was interesting and distracting enough. But it did not stick in his brain at all. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I, uh, if there's an, op- an opposite of a recommendation, Slumberland on Netflix. It's shit. Just <laughs> <laughs> It's shit. And I say that as someone who, like, watched Spirited starring Ryan Reynolds and Mill Farrell today on Apple TV. And that's also shit. But, like, I would rather watch Spirited again than ever watch any more Slumberland. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that as you will, whatnot, which is to say, please don't watch Slumberland. You're better than that. <laughs> You're better than that. Says. I care about your well-being, <laughs> whatnots. Even if Jeff doesn't, by bringing up Slumberland again. Well, I was I was hoping that we could have a few extra minutes of Slumberland slagging. I guess <laughs> since we're doing a bit of a TV roundup, and I hadn't really watched anything since I'm doing five. I'm, so. I'm trying to think what else have we watched. I, we basically have just been watching Creepy Cannibals. Uh, I like watched Creepy the Northmen. Oh, you love the Northmen. Man, the Northmen sucks. Sorry, it's actually really good. So hmm. I'd um, be into watching it. Yeah. <laughs> You've watched the Northman while I was working, and I'm up here like going, nah, nah, nah. this is how I work, of course. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and every, like every night again from television downstairs, I just hear, mom, it's like first of all, I honestly thought it was one of the dogs being sick, and then I was like, on the TV downstairs, it's Northman. Also, making that noise is really hurt my throat. I'm so sorry, Graham. There you go, everyone. That's that's what we have to tell you about the North. You did the like you said you were saying that afterwards. You were saying it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, what is it? Which one of the Scars Guards that it's uh, Alexander Alexander Scars Guard mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah, he's excellent in that. Not um, Stalin. He's busy in Andor. Yeah, the other Scars Guard Scars Guard Scars Guard Scars Guard Scars Guard Scars Guard. Scars, Guard, Scars, Guard. Scars, Guard. <laughs> I love saying that name. Scar, 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 Um, on Thanksgiving we did a mystery science theater marathon. Ooh, what a great Thanksgiving tradition! That's awesome. Um, you love that show. Yeah. I, I like. I'd never. I don't think I'd ever seen that show before you. But you love that show. That like that is that is deep in your lore. That is that is part of the you mythology. I have lore. Yep. Um, you have data and you have lore. You've got both of them. Oh uh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you met Brad Spiner at Fun Expo in San Francisco. Yeah, a little bit. See you go. See there's there's Brad back. Yeah. I like you said a little <laughs> bit. How can you be someone a little bit? Well, because. <laughs> Okay. Is you this a story you want to say publicly, or is uh, this a story that we save afterwards? I'll say, <laughs> no, it's uh, the nice version is that I met him, but I had had you had a, a drink. Wee, I had, I'd had a wee tipple. <laughs> and, so, so in other words, he's met you. <laughs> is what you're saying? I, no. 
Wait, who is this? I'm sorry, how did I miss this? Red Spiner, aka Data, aka Lore. Oh, okay. Holy shit, you met him while you were drunk. Oh boy. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's the the most uh, the most me way to do that, but yep. Wow. <laughs> Good job. Um okay, well okay, I, okay, Jeff, we're almost at an hour, first of all. Um, what comics have you read this week? No, shit, no, I take it back. I don't care about the comics you've read. I care about something else that you were talking about last week when we weren't recording. Did you actually make a list of uh, what you've bought this year and what you've been spending money on? Yes, yes I did. I want to give Whatnots a context for this. Uh, Jeff has done done this, like, year-end for for quite a while, where you you sort of introduce the, the, you know, here's what I've spent money on this year, Here's, here's what I've bought. Right. But you mentioned last week to me when we were just talking that uh, that you're going to do this, and I realized that I haven't really spent money in comics this year. Really? Between, well, between comps, mm-hmm. uh, being a subscriber to DC Universe and Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. Hoopla, I don't really buy new comics. Wow. Like, I bought maybe a handful, but I when I say maybe a handful, I'm literally talking like less than 10, I think. Jeez. Uh, and of that 10, I would say more than half were for work. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just wait the month slash three months to read them on the subscription services or I get them as comps. Right. Right. Because I, I get comps from like Image, from Boom, from DC, from, you know, from uh, Dynamite, like from a bunch of publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And again, there's the subscription services, or there's Hoopla, if it's things that I are, I don't have a subscription service for. Mm-hmm. Like, the most money I've spent in comics this year for myself is back issue diving at conventions. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, and, you know, in that case, yeah, I bought, like, tons of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it. But I've not actually, like, spent money in new comics. To any to any appreciable degree this year, mm-hmm. um, and I feel that's been heading towards that for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my spending's been dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. Um, but it was only last week when you were saying like, "Oh, I'm putting together my spreadsheet." I had this moment of like, "I don't really buy comics. But I don't buy new comics. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm arguably reading more comics than ever, but I don't really buy new comics." Like I'll buy things. I buy things at conventions, not just dumpster bin. Like I'll buy things from publishers at the conventions. Right. You no, know, like I got a bunch of 2008 stuff at New York. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't think I buy new material anymore. And that's really strange to think about. Hmm. You know, because it's not like I've stopped reading new material. It's just I don't buy it. Well, I mean, for me, for me when I say new, like I'm including like waiting three months for Marvel Unlimited. And that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. that's uh, three months is still relatively new. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, you know, and like now the DC Universe is is a month. Yeah, that feels new to me. A month old feels like new to me. Yeah, so, yeah. So anyway, that that's I, I kind of wanted to to sort of put that out there. Mm-hmm. You start talking about your spending because it feels, um, I don't know. It feels it feels really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That that like I've I've dropped off to that extent, but I would say I'm still reading as much mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm also curious if 
Okay, so this is an introduction to what you've been spending, right? Yeah. Are you buying Marvel or DC books anymore? Uh, there is some Marvel and DC books. It's funny that you ask that because um, I put together a pivot table on the stuff that I read in 2022, but not as much of... I don't have that in place for the publishers. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I probably could, given a few minutes. But yes... Um, Long story short, the I, the majority, and this is not going to be surprising, of my spending in 2022 was on manga. Um, yeah, I expected as much. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, it the out out of Marvel and DC and Image, it was a much smaller percentage, and and almost um, evenly split between the three of them. I want to say. Probably with a bit more Marvel. Because... I was going to say, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if you're getting as much Marvel as DC. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, the thing is, is like there were things through digital subscriptions, like, uh, you know, I had a subscription for Nightwing and I had a subscription for like Savage Avengers up until it ended. You know what I mean? So like Nightwing as an ongoing, once I quit, like say the Avengers, for example, I didn't. The stuff that I was picking up for Marvel was usually miniseries type stuff, like mm -hmm. um, Defenders Beyond uh, or you know the like, I guess. Um, and so it, it's interesting how much if you just get a you know one or two um, regular recurring subscriptions, uh, those those kind of add up. You know, if yeah, if yeah. nothing else, they just sort of, you know, between Nightwing and the Nighthouse on the Lake, that's two books of DC month in and month out. Whereas like Defenders Beyond is over in five months and it's like, am I, did I start anything else? So you say that, but Nighthouse disappeared for like four or five months this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was gone for a long time well, between nine. Yeah, I've got to ask, am I the only person who remembers Nighthouse being announced as an ongoing series? Uh, you are not. I also remember that. You, you know that it's done with issue twelve, right? Um, that's sure how it looks like. Yeah, no, I, I think they've announced it. I think they, they call issue eleven the penultimate issue. Oh, I was hoping it was the penultimate issue for the arc. Uh, well, that is um. That was a surprise, right? Yeah, that's kind of a very disappointing surprise, frankly, because that means that um. Uh, that means that actually it ends up being kind of a big paced bat poorly paced muddle i guess i think I'm so sure, i'm sure if they're going to relaunch it because i don't know if you saw the the nightmare country news mm, no I, I don't think so yeah and the sandman series was um went from being an ongoing book to now being a series of miniseries but oh. they've already um, they've already announced the third miniseries before the second is even launched wow and is is it all is it all Tinian or is it? It's all the same creative team, same writer, same artist. Huh, that's wild. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. wondering the same thing with Nice House. Because, so, I, I, again, it disappeared for like five months. And I wonder if they're just going to be like, we're actually going to like end it with issue 12. And then we'll bring it back like a year later when we're all, when our schedules are better. Right. And we can do it without disappearing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope so. It was kind of a bummer that that did drop out for such a long, long ass period. So. Um, definitely kind of hurt the momentum a little bit. Uh, okay, well, so 
do you want me to throw some hard numbers out there or not? Throw them numbers. Throw, throw them, them numbers. Throw All them right. Out okay. So for a little bit of um, compare and contrast, in 2021, I spent approximately 2000 bucks on comics, 434 comics, basically. And then my reading stats for 2021 were that I read approximately 54% of the books that I purchased. Um, Jeff, what about that remaining percentage? Did you get through them this year? Um, I, you know, I, not all of them. I think I probably got through another 10 or 15%. Um, at one point I was going to do the follow-up stats, but I have not done that yet. I get anxious. Okay. What are this year's stats then? Uh, this year's stats are, um, 294 books for a total of $1,872 with a reading percentage of 61%. So, so um, yeah, fewer books, uh, fewer books, but not significant. Like it feels like your number of books dropped like almost halved. Yeah, but your but your amount didn't really drop that much, right? And part of the problem for that is this year I spent more money on manga, which tends to run in the seven to ten dollar range. Okay. As you know, um, there was also some other things that uh, I one of the stats that I picked up from twenty twenty one that held true into twenty twenty two is um, I buy books on sale but they actually get read at a lower uh percentage rate than either impulse buys or subscription being best so the other flip side of that is 2021 had a lot more sale books um which therefore were less expensive so that that made life a lot sure you know what i mean everything got inflated so yeah. yeah um Okay, so can you – I'm saying this like you have the stats at hand, which maybe you don't. But what would you say – what percentage would you say is manga from this year? Um, okay, hold on a second here. Let me see. So if I switch to my comics reading list, um, I – and then the reading list is actually a little bit different, I think, which is to say um, I <laughs> – I read 1,400 titles. Um, wow. Yeah, and that that ended up being much more because of, uh, let's see here, 160 titles read on Azuki, which is a digital streaming service. Um, Wait, when you say titles, do you mean volumes or do you mean separate series? Uh, n- no, no, volume. So, like, I mean, literally my year-to-date is, like, one issue of a comic, one volume of uh, collected manga, or one chapter of a manga, which is close enough to an issue of a comic, because most of them are usually about 20 pages. Some of them are more. So, you know, it's... I should differentiate those stats out a lot, but I haven't. Like, for so, for example, for... You say you should, but part of me is like, that's a lot more work, Jeff. What? What's a lot more work? Like differentiating between like this is a chapter of a manga, this is a manga volume, this is a comic, this is a collection of a comic. Yeah, I agree. And so it, I didn't think it was necessarily that important.
important to do although in some ways i did one thing that i did start doing and probably part of the reason why those stats look higher in some cases is for example some you know total piece of collected like the conan volume instead of hey. logging it as one volume i would log each individual issue being read so Wait. Jeff, I'm going to interrupt really quickly. Did you see the Titan news? Uh, no. Titan are continuing the omnibuses and the collections of the classic material with the same numbering. Oh, wow. That's fabulous. That's yeah. really great to know. They're just going to pick it up from what Marvel was doing. Oh, that's cool. And, of course, Marvel, like the lovely treacherous snakes that they are, are doing, like, a blowout digital sale where you can get, like, Savage Sword of Conan omnibuses for like eight fifty or the original Wait, eight dollars fifty? Eight dollars fifty for the Savage Sword of Conan omnibus. For the omnibus. Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. Which probably was right? like a hundred dollars originally. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was always cheaper digitally, but yeah, it's something yeah, like thirteen still, issues of the insane. magazine. Yeah, no, I agree. And for that matter, the um the Conan original omnibuses of the color comics that yeah. reprint somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 40 issues are about $12 and 74 cents. So yeah. That's no. insane. Again, I don't even like Conan and I'm almost tempted to just do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been a bad influence, Graham. I have to say that's. No, because part of it's just like, what if one day I'm just like, oh, you know, I do like John Buscema. Yeah. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I totally I, I get bought, it. I bought um, IDW had a sale. I can't even remember when it was, but IDW had a sale, and I bought the entire run of the original GI Joe series. Oh yeah, editions and the entire run of the original Marvel Transformers. Yeah, and I'm not through either of them. Yeah, no. And exactly. Those are things I like have nostalgia for. Like, so <laughs> I need to be buying Conan. I would never get to those comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So let's see. So there was basically, I would say that by and large, manga was the biggest um, chunk of my what I read. And most of that um, weirdly probably ended up being. Uh, yeah, it, overall, it would be much higher. Well, maybe not, because honestly, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of. 350 volumes of manga between Bookwalker and Comixology. So mm -hmm. those would be purchased books uh, on both sides. And some of that does cover like a range of time. Um, but then there's things like Manga Plus, uh, which I which really changed a lot of my my reading habits. And that's like 200 wait what is that 325 um issues slash chapters yeah yeah just on just on that alone so which is like incredible if you think about it yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely I, I'm, I'm curious and this is i'm asking you to ballpark this mm -hmm. know that like the actual math would be far too complicated do you have any idea how many pages you've read this year uh like all together yeah no, and I wish I could, but the problem is is that 
because as you know, like, you know, like uh, Judge Dredd, the complete case files, I only count Are, that as one yeah, volume. That's one right? thing, but it's like 300 pages, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of similar to some of the various volumes of manga that I read, again, as opposed to individual chapters. But again, considering that it's almost 1,400 separate... <laughs> Im, uh, entries. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I was like, "What the heck?" Um, that if you if you just want to ballpark it at the most minimum and say that everything was twenty pages each, like that's what like twenty eight thousand pages of comics, maybe. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. So. It was, that was a lot, and there's, it's definitely that thing of like, yeah, when I when I uh, when I stop, um, uh, when I just stop uh, doing the podcast, like maybe I really will get back to pro. <laughs> time, Jeff. What's that? Yeah. Like free time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm worried that it's going to be some weird time enough at last type of thing where it's like we record our last episode and then it turns out I've got like you know macular degeneration or something like that, you know. The reason I'm asking about your the number of pages is, like, it. I feel like you read a lot of comics. Like, I feel like I read a lot of comics, but I feel like, uh, for want of a better way of putting it, I feel like you read comics in more depth than hmm. I do. Hmm. Uh, for example, like, since you and I have last spoken, not even just since the last podcast, but since you and I have last spoken, right. on DC Universe, mm-hmm. you know how they have, like, the storylines tab? Yes. One of the storylines is Superman Blue, which is like the entirety of when he got the electric powers in the 90s. Oh, wow. Right? And that's four series, and it lasts a year. Just over a year. It's like 14 months. Man. And I read all of that since you and I last spoke. Wow. See, so I, what, so why are you saying that I read things? <laughs> I think you read things in more depth. I think I, I skim. Okay, oh. I like I can totally testify to that because because like, I read, I read his speeds. Oh yeah, which I, you're, you're, you point I sit out. there I sit there and look at him reading in bed at night, and I'm like, you didn't fucking read that page. That's <laughs> full of text. You did not read that that quickly. You didn't fucking do it. And you were like, I did. <laughs> I, I, this, this, by the way, is verbatim a conversation. Oh, I I do believe it. It's and got that ring. Yeah. <laughs> because here's the thing he doesn't actually read it but if you ask him to tell you what happened on that page he can actually tell you <laughs> i i but no but i but like you and i jeff have spoken about this before like i think i read and skim in the same way that i do work things yeah. which is i can retain in the short term and i don't retain in the long term and i think you tend to read with more depth and you remember in the long term it, it it may be. I am aware that I read uh, more slowly than you, uh, and I definitely... Well, one thing that I learned that actually did help me was um, because I read so much digitally, it, it, it's, you know, it's never around to remind you, you know, basically, especially if you're, like, doing something like Comixology where you're downloading volumes reading them and then or like comiXology unlimited literally returning them and they they disappear so for me keeping the both the purchasing and the reading lists have been really helpful in that regard um 
I can't but, remember this year or last year I tried to do the reading list and I fell off within like a week. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense because in between the stuff that you read for work and again, the way that you just you really do binge read, um, you just you just pile through that stuff. You know, I can be like the closest I think I really came to that this year was rereading Sun Ken Rock, which I had, you know, a manga series, which I had read. I thought only like three four quarters of and really t- ended up reading something like seven eighths of or something yeah. like that. And um, and so rereading that, there was a point where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this skim, 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 skim. But also like, you know, I think I think it's once you get comfortable in whatever way that you read, that's sort of the way that you read. I I find that my brain sort of starts to melt if I go faster um you know than than you but i think i think you are you're incredibly speedy and like you said you 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 retain it in the short term and you've got like an excellent eye but i would never but there are also it's funny because there are also still times where like we'll be talking about uh, on a drock or something about a case files or something and you'll sort of misremember part of the story and i'm like well you know, he yeah, read it in a tenth of time. Why? Sh- why? Why should he remember it? That is, and you know, considering what you do remember and everything, it's, it's a, it's yeah, it's it's a little, um, what's the word? Um, maddening. I think I don't know if Chloe would agree with that <laughs> adjective. But yeah. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you do you get the 2008 press emails? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you see the case files forty one? I did. Did I you did. also have a moment of like shit? Well, we should we... just fucking yeah. Do it. Should we just read that next week instead? <laughs> did you have that as well, or is that just me? I I know I totally had it. I was like, oh shit, yeah, maybe we'll read it in January. But that's the thing with the bless them like that 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 it, volume forty one doesn't come out until like March or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't so, even know. That's not. Yeah. But it was just it was funny seeing it and just having that moment of like, oh, we could. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a sickness. No, it is. It's ending. Uh, it's ending. Next drop is next week. Yeah. Last one. <sighs> wow. 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 Yes, and and this is the penultimate episode of of wait, wait what? what? Yeah, this is the wait just... to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The wait to the what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, when you were here, you'll remember that um, I made a point of showing you an episode of Taskmaster. Yes, uh, we were watching an episode. <laughs> we were watching an episode of Taskmaster this week, and the uh, there's a, a a guest on it who, upon discovering for for people in the UK have seen it, it's the Darrow Breen. Um, upon discovering a piece of information he didn't really notice at first, went wait what. Wait what? Wait what? And oh, said like four five. Yeah, it. and it was like, oh man, if only we weren't stopping the podcast, this could just be our new theme song. That would be great. Wouldn't just that repeat saying wait what repeatedly. <laughs> well, I have I have to say for a podcast that has been running for thirteen years, uh, I, we did a great job titling it. You know what I mean? Like and we say, you say we, you did a great job titling. It. Well, I. Wait, wait, what about you? Exactly. I'm, I'm sure this has come up on the uh, podcast before, but how exactly did you come up with that name? 
Oh, um, I, God. I mean, I, it's, I, it's a basic response to literally anything either of you say. Right. But yeah. No, and that was very much it. I kind of thought between, um, you know, the the insane stuff that I was going to say and any difficulties that I might have with Graham's accent, we would both be saying, wait, what? Uh, a lot. So I was like, oh, it's a perfect title. And it really is a perfect title, as you can see by the fact that there's like nine other podcasts called Wait What that, um, you know. We were first, that. damn it. We were first, and I, I have to say, it. it always touched my heart to see the number of people who are like, oh, you got a shout-out in, like, this month's comic book of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no. It'd be lovely if that was true, but no. no. Other people saying, wait, what? That's wait. all. But, I mean, it is. It's still something that people say, and it gets and is in the pop language. Like, if I if we'd called it, like, up your nose with a rubber hose or something like that, like, it would not have lasted nearly as long. Or I don't know. I think the Daphne Celeste fandom is out there to keep it going. <laughs> I was actually thinking of Vinny Barbarino from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, because everything he said was, like... <laughs> I love you, like... You're like, I'm thinking 1970s, and I'm going, what, really obscure 1990s pop band? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it works. It all works. Um, I feel like you've got to come up with, like, a 2010s reference. Yeah, for for a few notes of the rubber hose. It's true. Given everything you've been listening to lately, you 100% would come up with a 1970s reference. (laughs) The soundtrack of this house lately has been the specials, Jeff. Oh, Specials. It's excellent. Excellent. Um, what is Concrete Jungle is the one that we've both been like listening to. Don't make me do it, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, we we're down that explicit tag if you're if you're good to do your version of Concrete Jungle. <laughs> um Yeah, no, no, wait, there's been there's been some nineteen seventies and eighties music going on around here lately. Mm, I am It's true. Yeah. You're always yeah. Did you guys end up posting your Spotify raps? I, I feel like Graham's um, I, ended I up. I didn't, but uh, the because on Spotify's uh, uh, computer, like on the the laptop version of Spotify, not the the uh, uh, the phone version, mm-hmm. um, it didn't do that. But it did do like here's a playlist of your most played songs, mm-hmm. and it took a screenshot of that that was posted of all things on the Popverse Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw that. Right. Three of them it was me, Mike Armstrong, and uh, Eliana, mm-hmm. who's our social media person. Um, post, we each shared ours, and then the idea was like people would guess who's is who's, and like the three of us have very different music tastes. Yeah. Um, although it's really amusingly, um, I had Elliot Smith in mind, and Armstrong was like, "Oh, I didn't know you liked Elliot Smith." I mean, ended up having a whole like bonding conversation about that which was very pleasant actually <laughs> oh, that's great yes yeah. um but no i haven't i haven't shared my raps and you you didn't share your rap did you yeah i kind of did what's your what's your top genre this year uh mine is all like classic Pop. punk classic punk and uh <laughs> yeah i'll have to I, I can pull mine up and look again i was trying to put my phone on my phone is dead like entirely dead. never working ever no my phone is like utter, oh it's it's why is the thing got no power? That's weird. My phone is genuinely 100% dead. What? Well, Why? I'm going to try and pull up my Spotify drop now, and my phone said it's saying I have no battery. So that's wow. good for a phone that's like a year old. I was about to say it's a relatively recent phone, Graham. Do you... Yeah. Um, I don't do know. You... I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. Hmm. 
we shall see what the deal is with that. Right. And we also hope that's not going to continue to be the case because that'd be a problem. Yeah, for sure. Are you? Do you plug it in every night, or do you? Yeah, okay. it's been like it's been plugged in since yeah. Thursday, I think. Huh. Yeah, I, I have literally no idea why that would happen, but but it has. No more phone for me. No. Yeah. Um, no, my Spotify Wrapped was all like Coxfar and the Misfits and the specials and <laughs> uh, Billy Bragg and Elastica. Congratulations. Yeah. And Although you did post a picture of the Elastica song, I think, on your Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, because it was like, uh, you played this 117 times since April. Are you okay? Uh, the answer is, we, of course. Do we need to call someone for you? <laughs> that the answer is, of great. course I'm okay. It's fucking Alaska. It's a great song. It's like the other, it's like, uh, there was there was a Misfit song, a special song, and then there was one that was like, you've listened to Carnival by Bikini Kill approximately 90 times. And the main lyrics of that are all about, this song goes out to the 16-year-old girls giving Carney's head for hits of pot and free rides. I'm going to win that Motley Crue mirror if it fucking kills me. Now, we know that you've done therapy before, but we at Spotify want to make sure that you are properly taken care of as a person. We... <laughs> Is there like, any... It's fine, Spotify. I'm an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to say. I'm grown up. It's neat. It's fine. We're doing fine. Just working through some shit there, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> i do think spotify interventions should be the next big spotify podcast for them it'd probably be great yeah for real <laughs> are you just gonna ask you're gonna pitch a podcast spotify where you just suggest like tell me your playlist show me your most recent played songs and i'll tell you what you need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking that you know spotify admittedly is spying on all of us and and like just the idea that you know it sees some sort of alarming trend and then dispatches to you know find out like did this person like have a heart attack and that's why they've played pyramid song like non-stop <laughs> for like six days or or is Wait, it even scarier even than that is the theme song of a heart attack what's what's that are you telling me Pyramid Song by Radiohead is the theme song of having a heart attack? I, no, not not particularly. I guess what I just <laughs> meant is is like someone listens to a song over and over again and then dies before they can turn it off, so it just keeps <laughs> going and going and I going. I love the and idea going. of like Tom York was like the thing that would get you through having a heart attack. I, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of amnesiac that I think you could say is like having a, a terrible Ill illness. <laughs> sort of suspected if I brought in the Radiohead, there would be a, a merry round of bashing uh, on, on your end, so I'm, I'm glad. I, I don't know what to tell you. Radiohead and me, we're, we're fine. Uh, apparently, that's, that's only true of half of the ones here. I was about to say, are you uh, really fine, though, Graham? I mean, I personally I sort of I... have my doubts. It's twat music. It's, <laughs> it's, it's twatmobile. It's, it's, it's twat. It's, hmm. 
2022. <laughs> oh, no. I don't. We're still You're talking not... about Radiohead, right? Because we're that's... So, we're okay, so, yeah, no, yeah. that's twat music. Okay. That... <laughs> Wait, did you think you had, like, a fugue state? That you, did, did you thought we faded out of Radiohead? You're like, we're still... We're still... This is the conversation we're having two seconds ago, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, fade out in the middle and come back in. <laughs> it happens so much. It happens to me all the fucking time. Oh, my God. Oh, God. No, uh, yeah, but see, it's fine, though, because when you have a band like Radiohead that everybody likes, but it is twat music, Yes. you just admit that you're a twat, and you keep listening to it, right. and people just need to learn that that's, that's okay. Fine. See, no. No, see, like, I was, I was, like, I was quasi-interrated, so I was going to say quasi-interrated, and I was like, no, I think what I should mean is, okay. I like the bands, <laughs> that was it. Okay. Anybody can like Radiohead up until a certain age, and then you're just a twat. I think I'll, that you have oh, to no, be a no. certain See, level of will, like shit and angsty. I will, I will, I will split hairs with you. <sighs> I think that you can also be a certain age and still like Radiohead because you like Radiohead at a certain age. Nope, Does that make that, sense? Nope, then you're twat by proxy. <laughs> what by proxy? Senior twat. Senior twat. <laughs> Aw, please, Senior Twat is my father. (laughs) 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 Oh, Jeff, we're both really tired. I couldn't tell, had no idea. What's the noise, Jeff? What are your feelings on Radiohead? And is Chloe just, like, upsetting you? (laughs) Oh, you mean my favorite band, Radiohead? (laughs) I actually, um... I liked them. I still haven't listened to like I don't know the last three or four albums. You know right. what I mean? Like I was like I'm just fine up to hail to the thief. No, Radiohead you know? has disappeared for like a few years, right? Yeah, Radiohead's been gone so. for like six like, or seven years. I, I thought they only made three or four albums. No, no, no see, no, Jesus Christ, because they did um whatever the first one was. Pablo Honey was that Pablo Honey? Yeah, I think so. And then they did the bands, which is the one yeah. everyone remembers because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got creep on it. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they did Paranoid. No, not Paranoid Android. Okay, Computer, which is one that's Paranoid Android. Android. Mm-hmm. And then after that is when Radiohead and I parted ways. <laughs> and they did at least like five more albums after that, right? Oh yeah, exactly. There... Because they did Kitty and Amnesiac and Hail to the Thief. Right, and, and In Rainbows. Not... Okay, and yeah. there's probably at least two there's more least... after that. Yeah. To so... the internet. Radiohead. Oh, that's great. Like, you can totally hear you typing. I hope it's that... It's because I'm doing the speaker in the computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me tell you. What do you think the last Radiohead album was? I, I don't know. Like, from 2016, 2017? Yes, it was 2016. Okay. So it's called A Moon-Shaped Pool, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Um, it goes, Pablo Honey, The Benz, OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac... Uh, it would be great if uh, Google had given them to me in order, but they didn't. Uh, Hail to the Thief in Rainbows. Uh, King of Limbs in a Moonshaped Pool seems to be the, the orders of them. Okay. All right. right. So there you go. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, again, like the bands. But again, I am I am of a certain age and of a certain demographic. So, of course, I like the bands are my thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of people. A lot of people did. A lot of a lot of yeah. crazy people did. So you know. Um, but yeah, no, I actually still <laughs> really some of the stuff I still like of Radiohead. I still like a lot. So I guess we. It's pretty safe to say that. But, but what I was going to say is like you know I think if you're looking for Twilight Radiohead, you're actually talking <laughs> about Coldplay, aren't you? No, that's sad, dry cunt music. <laughs> like. Oh wow. <laughs> Someone's really got to give Chloe a job naming the genres at Spotify. Because I have to say, my Spotify rap stuff, uh, rap yeah. things. Oh, my phone actually came out. I can tell you my Spotify raps. Okay. Uh, Had he... categories that I was like, that's not real, but honestly sound like a lot of Chloe swears now that I realize like, it. I mean, <laughs> see, Graham's like, you're going to have to. Yeah. Graham's Spotify wrapped is going to be like. Sad boy music from 1987. <laughs> yep. But none of mine had really interesting <clears throat> interesting genres. Mine was like classic punk, 1970s rock. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm having to play through it, though. Yeah. This year you ventured into the genreverse. Oh, my says. God, you cannot read the whole thing. I'm not going forever. to. Keep talking. Yeah, no, see, that's the difference. And I actually mix up Radiohead and Coldplay because they are. They're just very... Oh, mine are terrible. They're Rock, just... electronica, classic UK pop, Britpop, and funk. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really dull. Well, they all sound dull when it's the genres like that. Mine's country rock, singer-songwriter, <laughs> alternative rock, disco, and traditional country. And I'm like, where's the pumpkin fuck-up love, you know, or whatever. pumpkin fuck-up love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a genre, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's... I, just not it was it was i i'm, I'm also I, being I, distracted by hearing myself through your guys's oh. speaker here so i'm gonna have to i i don't even, i literally don't even remember what my sentence was it was about bitching about spotify oh, bitching well about so spotify. graham your top song oh see i put it off already oh um shit. hang on i can i can find the top song just by opening the, the web browser version oh my god you're just doing the most old man thing right now it's crazy. i'm sorry everyone my top song is apparently cry baby cry by ramsey lewis from mother nature's son wow. and then it's called wow. gentry <laughs> so there you go fancy? no it's fancy? it's okolota river bottom oh, band okay, that's a good one. and then join the dots by roots maneuver and then i've got the music in me by kiki d <laughs> There we go. Actually, that was the one when it was Kiki D was on the playlist on on your screenshot that, that I was, was like, the one where that's you're Graham. Like, yeah, me. yeah, totally. Yep. That's yeah, right. I also think that my top songs for the year has actually changed since the time I looked at it. But there you go. <clears throat> yeah, the Cry Baby Cry version is great for people who like the Beatles, but wish that it was sounded like elevator music from you know a weird psychedelic sixties that didn't actually exist. Go and listen to the Ramsey Lewis version of Cry Baby Cry. Oh, sounds I honestly I'll give it a shot. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> what was your top song, Jeff? Oh, my top my top song was uh I think it was uh Saturday Sun by Nick Drake. Oh, good old Nick Drake. Yeah, good old Nick Drake, yeah. Yeah. Uh then it was a song by Tarwater, Sunday Morning Morning Coming Down by Chris Christopherson, uh, Pink Moon by Nick Drake again, and Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell. Oh, Wichita Lineman, there's a, oh, it's, a good yeah, it's a good there's one. There's a song, right? So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and then Galveston, give me that one-two punch. <laughs> I love true. Galveston. I think Galveston's such a good song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, 
And once again, we want, uh, listeners, you're listening to a show about comics. Yes, just so you know, <laughs> comics, Glenn Campbell songs, uh, some serious Radiohead slagging, and uh, 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 preferred serial killer miniseries of choices. Um, so Go for the other one. He's not a serial killer, he's a, a serial manipulator and pedophile. Pathological liar. Yeah. You know, switch it up is what we're saying. Switch up your switch it up, yeah, exactly. They don't have to be murderers; they can do other things. They can they can be creepy gaslighters. I think that's uh, that really opens up the field. The creepy gaslighters was one of the leading bands from the the punk explosion of the nineteen seventies in the UK. (laughs) It it definitely sounds like a cover band that somebody tried to put out an album on four AD. Uh, oh, that's like it's a Kim Fowley band. Do you know what I mean? He was like, "Yeah, I've got a, I've got a new girl band put together now. They're called the Creepy Gaslighters." <laughs> Honestly, if the Creepy Gaslighters was a girl band, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm, I'm definitely picking up this album. That would be great." Something else we watched this week was the documentary about Kathleen Hanna, was which oh was my god, amazing. Yeah. Have you seen Fuck, it? It was so good. It's I have not the, seen it. It's really good. Yeah. Um. It. it... <laughs> Graham got. Graham made a face at me because I was like, I know this is directly in contrast to the entire point, but Kathleen Hanna is still really hot. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Kath- completely Kath- against the fucking point. Like, we're watching this thing, and Kathleen Hanna and, like, everyone who's in Bikini Kill and, like, the, the start, the, you know, that whole thing are like, you know, we were sick of being, like, viewed and, like, just judging <laughs> her appearance. And Chloe's like, yeah, but she's still really hot. <laughs> but she's still like, so even as she's saying, like, you know, we were just sick about people judging us about what we look at. Chloe's always saying, like, she can still get it. Right? I mean, especially when you say it like that. But, you know, I, I, I am, I'm a parody of myself. I am everything that I hate. So. Good job. Like, my, my, my guilt cup overfloweth. <laughs> She's still hot. She's still smoking hot. Yeah, thanks, Chloe. Good defense. No, you don't get to say that because that's not feminism. Jesus Christ. No. So Graham got really, really upset the other the other day because I was like, you know what would solve the problem a whole lot of like the problem. <laughs> this is of, your yeah, yeah. I was no, like, no. you know what? I was like you know what would make objectification like a little bit less awful? If people fucking objectified more men all the time, why aren't we asking for more dick neck? <laughs> like, <laughs> why aren't we asking for male under boob? And Jeff, let me tell you, it was literally the word dick neck or I just checked out. I can't blame you. I think I, I don't know. It's I, kind of I, funny. I, you should definitely break that phrase out around other men, Chloe, because I felt my soul leave my body for a good 15 seconds. Okay, okay, but bear with me. Under boob, but it's for the balls. <laughs> Under boob, but for the yeah. balls. Just, you just, 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 Jeff, just don't, don't, don't. I was gonna say right to the occasion, and that honestly feels like it's an innuendo. Yeah, don't, don't do, don't go there, Graham. Wow, huh? I'm just trying to figure out what you would call the. Don't, don't, under, don't. 
Don't. Balls. Don't. No, here's the thing, <laughs> Jeff. For you, it's funny because, like, after two hours, you'll hang up the phone. I, this today. I can't breathe. How about uh, I for, for real? I'm gonna be falling asleep tonight, and Chloe's gonna be like, "Oh wait, I've come up with a perfect name for it. This is what's going to happen." Scrote tote. Scrote tote. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Why? Know. Where's the tote come from? Because it's the scrotes carrying around the balls. You literally have two two adults looking at each other and going, eh, not, not quite it. That's literally our expression. Our expression isn't like, please stop. Our expression is literally looking at each other going, it's not it. It's close, but it's not there. I was about to say, I, I haven't had a long time to work with it, but it's okay, fine. Tough room, tough room. I'm okay with it. Again, um, in another world, this episode is called Scroll Toad. <laughs> It's not this world. <laughs> Blood's great is literally, for the first like hour, you were so tired. And then at some point, like, you got so tired, you just dropped into insanity. And then you're just like, you can't keep it together. I'm so glad this is the last episode I've ever given me on. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. This is, it's finally happened. This is, this is when I tell everyone. Um, we had we had multiple questions asking what people should listen to when we we're gone. Uh, Chloe is actually for real going to be starting yeah. a podcast for the Gutter Review, like genuinely. Hey, uh, and I I can only hope A is going to be called Scrotot, and B that it's going to continue much more conversations oh, like I... this, especially because I think you should have Jeff on as a guest. Oh, of course I'm going to have Jeff on as guest. Are you kidding me? Um, no, I I do though. In like in the in the new year, I want to start doing even just monthly, like a monthly podcast for the gutter review. And honestly, like <laughs> my main goal is so stupid and counterintuitive, which is like, I just want to have like comics, people, comic creators, whatever, come on and specifically just, just talk shit. Mm-hmm. Like I really want, I don't want to interview people. I don't want to have like intellectual <laughs> conversations unless it evolves into something like that but just like hey man what you been watching lately like i love the idea you want to have the casual conversation oh yeah i know because like no there needs to be that i'm slowly coming around to the idea that that one of my main goals is is uh to remind people that comics comics people are fucking just people they are also people that just are really good at making things but also like, because they're just people, they're people that you can talk to and be human with and, like, probably will have a better time with you if you just treat them like humans. Right. Because that just seems like fun. Anyway, yeah, no, I just really want to... Uh, have Jeff on. You can talk about Scrotal the entire I time. I am. We're going to... We have yeah. plans, Jeff. That sounds great. Sounds great. Cannot yeah. wait. Cannot wait. Stuff yeah. to do. Yeah. I love the idea this is just going to be what your podcast is going to be like. Well, I think I'm going to prep every month by just not sleeping for a few days. <laughs> it helps. I got to say, I feel like oh, some of Graham Jeff, and I's best episodes. Jeff, I've got to tell you, there's one cat in particular. Do you remember Deanie when you were here? Who, Deanie? Oh, uh, I don't remember the cats as clearly. They were sort of hanging off to the side oh, yeah. there. Yeah, there, there were there was a, there was a dog who was leaping on your head, and there yes. were the cats. Yeah. Um, one of the cats in particular has genuinely taken to waking me up at four o'clock in the morning every morning. Oh Jesus! And that's it. 
that's all he wants to do now is mm. just waking up at four o'clock in the morning. And that's tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sounds... When I managed to fall back asleep, I'd still be woken up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> God. No, that's that's bad. Like, I remember when we had Remy for the first couple of months and he was, like, up and moving at, like, 4 oh, no, a.m. or whatever. I remember when you were basically getting used to having an animal in the house and you were going slowly crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we've changed gears, thank goodness. I mean, kind of almost embarrassingly so. He, you know, he just will not get up and so kind of we won't either so there's been like get remy what's that when did you get remy is this his first winter is really what i'm asking uh no no because we've we've had him over a year it's been like a year and a half so he was he was with us here last christmas i'm asking because this is um alfie's second winter right wow Mm -hmm. this is kind of his first as you know as not a an absolute baby Right. Like, we got him... No, he's still baby. We got him in, like, Halloween 2021, and he was, like, 12 weeks old. Wow. Right? So he was he was young yeah. last year, right? And since then, he's obviously had a full year to, you know, grow and get used to everything. And what we, and more importantly, he have discovered is he loves being warm and in the sun. Loves it. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that is now that we're in the winter... Yeah. He is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, he does not know what to do with himself. Yeah, Remy, Remy, in fact, this is why I think actually things have been better for us the last couple of weeks, is I went on uh, just a spree of buying, um, like, overshirts, little fleece overshirts for Remy, because my suspicion was that the house was too goddamn cold and literally it was one of those things where the differences in his behavior uh like on a sunny day he would just like sleep on the rug in the back in the sunlight (laughs) and when it was overcast and cold he was like basically trying to pick fights with god like every (laughs) eight minutes you know just barking at the sky for no fucking smart reason picking fights with god yeah yeah Exactly. So, um, so getting him the shirt, I think has it's been good. He seems to be a, a lot more mellow, except every once in a while he sort of it's like he builds up all of his freak out energy and then he'll flip out for for a brief period of time. But at least it's not, you know, three times an hour for six hours. You know, so it's a it's it's yeah having having pets is amazing things that way right because it's just like you got you got to figure out what the hell is going on without them really telling you in anything but maybe the most subtle ways maybe they're telling you you know what i mean like you know so i don't know again I feel like that circles back to, you know, Alfie's dick just falling out and then like all of us freaking out. And I just remember him like really kind of hunched over and just being like, I'm sorry, you guys. But I couldn't tell if it was that or he's hurt or he didn't like the attention or what was happening. But I don't like this. We're like, what is this? Is this that we're all freaking out? Is that we're all looking at you? Is that your dick's falling out? What is is the problem here? And he's like, I... I just don't like it, you guys. 
totally. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just not. No, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, if only we could all be like that, right? Where we're just like, no, <laughs> no, that's not no. Yeah, uh, Jeff, we are approaching um something close to uh two hours. We're like at the one forty mark or something. I think like so. That. Close enough. Uh, well, 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 what I was going to ask is before we wrap it really quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, we sort of completely drifted off of what you're reading mm -hmm. right um and i'm going to slightly return back to that uh in that to close a loop that we were had from i think the last episode last week what we did mm -hmm. um dc universe infinite ultra has added the vertical comics now yes they did, they did yes it, it has mm -hmm. do you think that's going to get you reading dc universe infinite ultra more you know uh, so here's the thing in the alternate world where we aren't, weren't all kind of like tired and goofy and punch drunk. Um, mm -hmm. I think there would be a lot of and and maybe my comics reading list thing would be a, a real lead into that because what I have noticed now that I am on several different streaming services, part of the reason why Manga Plus um, ended up dominating was in on the one hand i could read the app on my phone i mean for whatever reason i was reading like really disposable manga and i was like okay it's fine and i think there's a way in which manga which is black and white uh line work for the most part was easy to read on the phone in a way that i'm not necessarily sure that dc or marvel books are but the big plus for manga plus no pun intended, is you open up the app and the first thing it shows you is like the 12 titles that they've uploaded for that day, right? Yeah. And and it became, between that and the commute, it became super easy of like, okay, I'm getting on the train, I'm opening up this app and oh, like there's 12 titles, three of these are ones that I read and maybe I've got some time left over, I'll start a new one. Um, I am not as I don't think that I think that Marvel um, Unlimited used to have a pretty decent search function and I think it's mostly trash and I think DC um, UI the DC UI interface is bad I actually did a search ironically enough with an idea of putting together a reading list for for something that I was thinking about maybe pitching a certain um, a web comics publisher person who has a non-profit site who might be on this podcast and it was a fucker of a search <laughs> like it just really was I was searching on something so specific and they were giving me stuff like I'm like no this character wasn't in 200 issues of Superman you know and it's and it's just it's just a table reading list what's that Using a bibble reading list. <laughs> uh, no comment at this time. No comment, and I'm editing that out of the podcast. Um, so, so I think that, uh, and so w like when DC UI Ultra was like, I was like, holy shit, look at all this stuff, and it literally was so much stuff that dropped that they could not, like their couldn't put it on the front page. Yeah, yeah, the new their little keep scrolling new just gave up on you after a certain point. It still had barely touched it. But when I started searching on shit, it again, it was just terrible. So 
I I I don't know. Like DC UI Ultra and Marvel both have staggering like 30 35,000 plus comic collections each. Um and and there's just times where I feel like I have such a difficult time um figuring figuring out my in. You know what I mean? So what I wish DCUI did mm-hmm. and it doesn't and it kind of kills me is I wish you could allow you to share or make public your reading lists. Yes, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because like I like making up reading lists in DC universe. Mhm. Uh, because there, like, there are times where either I want to read... For example, I think I said this before, I was reading the reboot Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And that runs across two comics. Wow. Right? Which then, you know, because it's, it's Legion of Superheroes and Legionnaires are two different titles, and it literally is part one in one and part two in the other, and that was the publishing format for like five years. Right. Right? <clears throat> so I made a reading list. That was fine. And then I wanted to share that list, and I couldn't. Right? right, which is so weird. Like they have a DC community. Yeah, and the fact I can't share reading list is really infuriating. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is super weird is I think you should search for um, the Invisibles on mm-hmm. DC because Invisibles was published as three series, right? Right. It's not on there as three series. It's on there as one, which includes all three volumes in order. Hmm. It's on down there as the Invisibles, and it goes through volumes one, volume two, and volume three in publication order. That's not bad. Which is kind of great, but I wish they'd do that for everything else. Yeah, right. No, do you know it's what I mean? just it's so it's really hard. I so I so so all of which is to say, I mean, the other thing is is like honestly, Manga Plus has a lot of the same titles that's on the Shonen Jump. A streaming service which mm-hmm. is subscription and I actually do pay for it. it's just a pittance and I just find myself preferring it on Manga Plus it's a simpler interface and it allows some real basics like favorite this and favorite that and and there's just there's no way to really pin stuff and it's both Marvel and DC they've, they've got the service there and I just really wish they had people who had serious kind of UI chops to figure out how to um, explore it. I do. I did appreciate that there was, there was a section on DC UI that was called the last word. Did you see that? Is that still up there? Yes. It's literally just things with last in the title. Yeah, exactly. Right. The Batman, the last night and stuff. I, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, the logo of the last, whatever his name is. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so I mean, in a way I think there's, there's hope for that. I feel like they have those things in there. It's just, I don't, I, I just, I don't know, there's you know, just, like they added so much good stuff and you're right. Like you have to search out, which is really frustrating. Yeah. Cause they added so many titles, mm-hmm. more than 5,000 issues this week. Yeah. And it's just really difficult to find it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and that is that thing of fortunately, you know, you drop the list on Pop first, and if you go over to the community section, they more they more or less list that stuff the off. Really good, yeah, because mm-hmm. they also say whether or not it's collected edition or not. Because that's the other weird thing: some of them were added single issues, and some of them were only added as collected collections. Yeah, yeah right. Which is which is. Strange. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, honestly, it so it's it's a real it's a it's a it's a good question. It's a real head scratcher. I think that um yeah, I think that I think that for me so far manga plus has been the best quote unquote streaming service for me even though a lot of times it's a it's more of a compromise i guess you know the big difference the other big difference is is that manga plus um has a lot of the stuff that shonen jump does but it also has stuff from jump plus and stuff that's aimed at basically older teenagers uh and shonen jump tends to stick it pretty close to the 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 younger crowd um with you know certain exceptions so, yeah um so that's it yeah that's that's kind of it and then the weird part is i will find myself turning around like for example uh dr strange fall sunrise which i purchased that came out this week you know someone shared a page and it's trad Moore doing a dr strange comic and i was like yeah i'll, I'll plunk down for that even though yeah, part of yeah, me is I'll like it. yeah you know because I, I want yeah, to see it. Wait three months, or you could just get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, like I, I, I bought all of Judgment Day, you mm, know, mm-hmm. just because like I wanted to read it, and I read the first issue, in like genuinely for work. I read the first issue, being like, I should, you know, read this. It's a, it's a crossover book. Like I should stay up with this. I enjoyed it so much. I was like, oh, I'll buy the second issue, and then ended up buying the whole thing because I was like, yeah, this is just good. Mm-hmm. This is good comic. This is work of comics, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're like supporting good comics. This is what I'm into. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff, mm-hmm. we are almost at two hours. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's a, it's a, it's a little, it's a little bit of an, an oddball ep. But I am, I am, believe I me. I like our second last episode as an oddball ep, don't you? Yeah, I do. Well, <laughs> says the oddball. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, next week we're doing our final drug, and we're doing Day of Chaos, which I already know what Jeff thinks of it because we talked to each other last week when we that, were recording. That's right. <laughs> Although that being said, I'm kind of curious because I'll probably reread it by the next time, and part of me is a little scared that I'll be like, "Eh, on reread, it's meh. you know what I mean?" Because it's such a. Oh, mind, I'll mind you, we said when you first read it, then. Well, well I'll, no, I'll, right? Yeah, please do. I'll bring you out of your your shell. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's but it's final drug next week and then after that it's the final way what which again i suspect is going to be really weird for both of us yes and also don't know what it's going to be like right 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 i i think it's going to be a very strange experience for us to record but also we may not have anything to say if that makes sense <laughs> well I will have like two... it may be a regular episode, and then we're like, "Oh God, I guess we're done." Right, exactly, and then that's it. Yeah, I'll, we'll see. I mean, I'll have two two episodes of my four manga prepared. Uh, Sky, who is a listener of the podcast, sent us the my four web comics challenge, and uh, I had written them and said, "Like, hey, I think we're going to do this tonight. Can you figure out a way to get us an answer?" And then I didn't, so uh, we didn't do it. So hopefully I can avoid spoiling myself, so I can yes, play my four web comics. You could also, like, you could also just show me up for the the fool that I am. By and you know the answer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm genuinely curious what the next 
and last wait what it's going to be like yeah um, it's very strange i have to say i wasn't sure what this episode was going to be like either and it wasn't quite like what i was expecting so. yeah I, I i do think like i think this one was weirdly i think this one was weirdly mellow like unusually mellow mm-hmm. but honestly i think i think that comes from chloe and i both being really fucking tired yeah you this guys are but fun. also i but also i think that you're matching us in terms of energy today uh yeah that's probably true that's probably true um i i think there's a chunk of that i definitely had had such a long week and today itself was uh so errand filled that by the time i got here i was like okay i can probably just sit here and listen so um and again part of it is i suspect i probably will revisit more of the we talked about having a a best of list for our final episode and i yeah, I suspect yeah. we'll want to do that as well. So I feel I like there's enough. What's that? Sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm convinced that you and I. I was convinced that you and I want to talk about the Zoe Thorogood book tonight. Oh yeah, we totally we were. Didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was... so, so so we have to because in part because I watched um, Bo Burnham's Bo Inside. Yeah. Yep. Oh. So so. Damn it! Yeah. All right, I'm looking yeah. forward to that conversation. I'm really am. On it. No, 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 no. Was it in that episode? Was it in that episode? Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Wait, um, uh, there will be show notes up for this episode at waitwhatpodcast.com. Uh, by the time you hear this, because Jeff is very, very organized, uh, uh, you can also check us out and say, I don't know, good riddance to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> good riddance, you rubbish. Uh, at Waitwhat Podcast, uh, Jeff is on Twitter at Lazy Bassett, at L E Z Y B A S T I D. I am at Graham M, at G-R-A-E-M-E-M, and you are? Oh, I'm at Punk Rock Mom Jeans, P-U-N-K-R-O-K-M-O-M-J-E-A-N-S, but also at, uh, the gutter, at the Gutter Review. Yes, at the Gutter Review. That is part of it. Gutter. I keep gutter. T-H-E-G-U-T-T-E-R-R-E-V-I-E-W. Did I have to think while spelling a review? Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I just, I got to say, I really wish that I was as a fan of sitting and editing and going through audio files because it would be delightful to have a Graham McMillan spelling montage for our final episode. It would be just delightful. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P-U-R-S-D-U-V. I'm giving him all the letters so he can he can just oh boy oh boy that's beautiful thank you Grant I may again I wish I could do that because but I won't but but listeners if you really want to put together a Graham McMillan spelling soundboard here's here's listeners listeners if you really want me to spell a word then let us know for the last episodes oh that that would be great. Oh shit! I spent like five minutes reading out words and spelling them. <laughs> Fuck! I'm taking advantage of this. I'm putting together a list this week. I will also take requests. Say Irish wristwatch. I've just been told that was by much the manager. Better. Yeah. What was the other one? Irish wristwatch. <laughs> Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Yeah, that's. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. This is the same. This is from the same period where we learned that if Americans say uh, space ghettos. Then they're saying Spice Girls in Scottish. Space <laughs> They're saying Spice Girls in Scottish. Space Yeah. 
It worked. <laughs> Jeff, would you say space ghettos? I I mean space ghettos. I, space ghettos. I don't think I say it quite the way that. that wait, did, did it sound like it? The space ghettos. Oh. oh my god but my favorite part too was we told that to your sisters uh who are obviously still in scotland and then your older sister leslie did her best american impression of saying spice girls which was spice girls <laughs> which was just the best thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> that's very very funny uh uh <sighs> Jeff, it's Patreon Supporter Podcast, so we should get back on track. It's Patreon Supporter Podcast, Jeff. Why don't you tell the people what they've won? Oh, yes, listeners. Good news. Um, you know, <laughs> you guys are great. I totally screwed up uh, the way that we were doing our things and forgot to cancel the 10%, which has been larger <laughs> than 10% for some time, that we've been given to other people on Patreon. So hopefully I, I we'll... saw that on, on... Thursday and it was like oops yes I was like fuck like I, I, I literally forgot I, I kind of it yeah it, I just kept it was one of those weird things where I kept thinking of it and then thought I had like another day to do it and then suddenly I'm like oh son of a fuck it was not even November anymore and yeah so I love that it's not even son of a bitch it's son of a fuck oh don't don't even get me started don't even get me started on my weird ass swears because uh it's the one of the great pleasures about growing old honestly I think is just warping your swearing to the point where the things that you sound like it just don't even sound yeah son of a fuck um um yeah Jumping Jesus, fuck, uh, Christ! Jumping Jesus, fuck. jumping Jesus, fuck. Wait, anyway, Christ on a what? Christ on a fuck. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you can see there's a certain pattern there, but it really pays off if you just stick to it uh, long enough. Um, yeah, son of a dick is actually my my preferred one. Um, I guess for whatever reason. Anyway, the fine people on Patreon have to put up with that instead of being thanked. And that's probably a, like, I'm sure they're like, why did we throw money to these fools for so long? We're incredibly grateful that you did. It really did keep us inspired, motivated and running. And Lord knows uh, I'll tell Graham off air, but uh, just the other night, someone came to me with like, Hey, have you guys thought about blankety blank? And I was like, Oh shit! Maybe that would work if we were ever to come back. But that's for something that we may that may never happen. But to the extent that we've managed to keep hanging on uh, and and gabbing at such profound lengths on such non-profound topics uh, is entirely thanks to you guys, the listeners, and the people at Patreon who throw us a little bit of their hard-earned dosh. You guys really are all the best. Um, Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy. Thank you for your continuing support of this podcast and the Galactic Realm. Um, you you really are uh, tops. It would not surprise me if Audrey doesn't even know that we're coming to an end. I wonder if we should send a message. Anywho, uh, that's it for me, Graham. 
that is also it for me. And uh, Chloe, is it it for you? Hey, yes. Uh, remember, we are two episodes away from the end of Wave Watch. Well, one episode away from the end of Wave Watch. Next week is the last draw. But after that, Chloe is going to have a podcast that is going to be like this, but weirder. And therefore, I think all of you should listen to that Yay. just to, just to freak her out. Do you know uh, what it's called, yeah. Chloe? Have you come up with a name yet? No, not really. <laughs> The, the, if you'd asked this question like maybe two days ago, there would have been a yes, but yeah, I think there might have been a pivot up, away. Yeah, I'll come up with I'll come up with something again uh, in like two days, and then I'll forget that, and it'll it'll be good. It'll okay. be fine. <laughs> in the meantime, though, uh, next week, drug. Week after that, last wait, watch. But until then, 